All right, hello and welcome to Underqualified Thoughts. My name is Caleb and I'm here with... Andy. Oh yeah, and here we are on uh, Season 3, Episode 3. The last two episodes have been amazing interviews where we've heard how Lauren um, and Leslie navigated life when they felt underqualified. Our initial plan for today was to try out a new kind of episode where we have more of a topic-based discussion, but as the infamous saying goes, life happened. Um, So today instead we're going to have a throwback um, and uh, more so to that early episode style underqualified thoughts conversation where we process what's going on in our lives because there has been a significant amount. Andy, I think the last time we did this was at the end of May, right? What, like a life update? Yeah. It's been a minute because not only we should have thrown Dan in there because... Dan was the interview to end season two. So we've done three interviews in a row. So it has been a long time since we've done life updates. And even if we didn't have a long time between life updates, a lot has happened since we've recorded with Leslie last week. So <laughs> wild I, how life works. I definitely agree. Um, I think your stuff is more interesting than mine. Um, I, I do think so. Uh, so that being said, I think we should end with a bang and not start. Ooh, all you know, right. Yeah, I just, it feels like one of those weird moments where my stuff is so insignificant compared to the stuff that you've gone through in the past month or two. Not a man. Hey, now. Don't talk about my brother in law like that. I'm underqualified. Um, so, as far as myself goes, um, I guess we're just over two months of having the baby. Hey, oh. Um, and two and a half months into having the new job um, off the bat. And I'm going to keep this pretty short because it's, it's short job going great. I'm much happier than I was at South Ryan high school. Um, much more happy than I was there. School is starting soon for them. And I'm glad I'm not going to be there. So uh-huh. good job uh, to all the haters. There's one person that was like, Hey, you're going to hate banking. And I was like, more or less than I did high school. <laughs> like, um, To be fair, that person who said you hate banking doesn't understand how little, might not understand how little your current role has to do with banking. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it, it, it's, I'm a correspondence writer. It's great. Um, anyway, so that's that. It's going well. The baby, um, we had Beach Week two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Well, we had Leslie on for the interview. Totally forgot that that's where that was at. I identified that I was way more tired that beach week than honestly any other vacation. And that was um, mostly because, well, we have the baby in tow and we're taking care of the kid on the vacation and everything is kind of out of whack. I'm a big systems guy, so I like having routines. Um, And so I think I'm just now starting to find a little bit of um, rest from all the busyness, but certainly beach week vacation wasn't as quite a vacation as before. Oh, tiredness. Let me big. Yeah. Let me jump in there. Cause can relate. Absolutely. I've been telling people, I basically, you know how we, I get asked the same question so many times you basically come up with formulaic ways to respond. So when people were like, are like, how was the vacation? I tell them it's the least relaxing vacation I've ever had. 
However, it's the most relaxed I've felt since having Lily. So a great paradox there. Mm, yep, that's a good way of saying it. So other than that, I mean, I'm growing my hair out. Oh, dude, yeah, talk about that uh, curly hair journey that you discovered on Beach Week. Um, yeah, so I wanted to take a photo with Andy. Um, Andy was obligatory enough to make it happen, but not without some qualms because he was growing out his beard for the past month or two so that he could shave it in some weird, perverted manner. Incorrect. All right, I'll stop you right there. For some context, (laughs) since we're learning how to host a podcast and give context, I don't have a jawline. It's like a reality of this world. When I don't have a beard, there's nothing that differentiates between my face and my neck. It's pretty bad. So ever since I've been able to grow a beard, I've had one. However, having a beard at the beach with the sunscreen and the sand and the sweat and the water, I could go on, is a nuisance. So I've decided once a year I'll reset. I will shave my beard so that, you know, I have at least a week to start back up, you know, before I go back to the everyday life that we live. However, I like having fun. I don't like having rhythms like Caleb. I like doing crazy things. So every year I shave my beard down into a different mustache. The first year was just a normal mustache. Last year I did a Fu Manchu, which is where the mustache goes all the way down to your chin but you shave like the goatee in the middle so just imagine a an upside down U. and then this year I did a mustache and just left a little chin pad small little goatee at the bottom the mustache and the chin pad were not connected there was no soul patch um, I did not look perverted what's funny is it looks ridiculous when I do it and then I walk I do it for one day only I then walk away from the mirror and do our normal everyday beach day stuff. And then I come back, I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, whoa, like I forgot I looked like that. And every now and again, I'll look in the mirror and I'll be like, you kind of get used to it really quickly. And thankfully, I've always kept to the rule of I shave it the day we get there. I shave it off before the day ends and I don't keep it. Yeah, so... Thank you for allowing me to give that context. Now back to this photo you wanted to take. Yeah, so typically I'm a big, I mean, I, I, I get a military haircut for the beach week. I mean, it's just, but this year, it's just time for change. See how far we can go. I, I honestly don't know how long I'm going to go. I don't know. Dude, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, get it down. I I have this feeling that I'm going to get like into the end of fall and... I think I'm going to, like, have to cut. But, I mean, that'll be... The, this is so far the longest I've ever grown it. I mean, it's, like... It's actually pretty long. In your life or in your adulthood? In my life. Oh, wow. I, I thought never it was... cut my hair. Like, short at all. You said you've never cut Sorry, I never cut my hair. I never grow never my hair. It. Yeah, there you okay. go. There you go. The homeschooler. Keep it high and tight. Um, no, just I take. did think it was interesting that... When we were at Beach Week, I realized how long your hair was because I thought that, like, I cut my hair really short in the summer, too. So I thought it was fascinating that you had it really long in the summer. But you are doing the right thing starting now. And then by winter, you'll never have to wear a beanie or a hat ever again. Your head will just always be warm. 
Well, and I'm also kind of the girl with the beard. Nice oh, wow. Long, nice and pointed. That's what we need to do, because then next year we'll take a photo at Beach Week, and you'll just be a mountain man, long hair, long beard, and maybe I will have gone bald by that point. And so I'll just have, like, a shaved head and a beard. Yeah. Anyway, so those are the big updates. Um, the it's great outside of Beach Week life is normal life. Like, are you settling in with Miriam? Are you still super tired? Mm, are you well, settling in with your job? Or, like, do you still feel overwhelmed there? Also, thank you for yawning while I was asking you if you were tired. <laughs> that, that helps answer that question. It's just, it's Friday, it's hot in this room, I've sat at a computer for the past 40 hours of work, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, No, yeah, so like, yeah, it's fine. Um, The baby is sleeping through the night right now, so that's great. Um, That's big. I mean, so I don't really have an excuse there. Uh, I definitely, I've been staying up a little later, and I still wake up at my usual 5 o'clock, 4.30 time, so that's a good reason why I might be a little tired. It's also nice and sunny outside, and this the skin needs some of that sun soon. So, you know, some of that melatonin, some of that vitamin D, whatever the sun gives uh, us. You yeah, the melanin in the skin needs. Ah, uh, yeah, not melatonin. melatonin. I get yeah, I don't See, melatonin. <laughs> I don't have melanin, so I wouldn't know. That's why I messed up pronouncing it. Uh, anyway. Um, so Andy, how have things been this past week, huh? Oh, wow. What a segue. What a throwing a grenade over the the bunker segue. I mean, I mean, we only have 30 more minutes and um this is a um big story here. This is big. So uh, I mean, appara- apparently you have three stories. I do. So how I was going to frame this since we're trying to become structured and add value. Something big shook up in Caitlin and I's personal life this week. However, I started thinking about this in the frame of how much have we talked about the fact that Caitlin and I are buying a house on the podcast? Is that something we've talked about a lot? Just uh, once or twice, very loosely. So then let's give some context here. I did a little bit of research just to get my numbers right. So Caitlin and I started home searching in late February. It was something that we weren't confident about. Like if we were not, we wanted to do it. What we weren't confident about was whether we would be able to give the time needed to it with how cranky, upset Lily was with her stomach. But we started to go ahead anyway because it was something we had planned. You know, we had planned for Caitlin to give birth and then a couple months in to start home searching. So we meet with a realtor and we start having conversations. Ten days later, we sign a contract for a home, which is incredibly fast. And we can dive into all the reasons why another time. But basically, Caitlin and I didn't hold tightly to what we thought we wanted in our dream house. And so we sacrificed some of those like high quality dream house um, elements that we were looking for to a home that we know we would love and would benefit our family for the next seven to 10 years. And so that's what helped us make our decision quickly. So we signed a contract on Saturday, March 4th. And traditionally, 
it takes 30 to 45 days for you to close on a home once you've signed the contract. We will have 177 days pass between when we sign the contract and when we close. And that's because we are doing a new build townhome. And so basically we signed the contract before they even built it, before they even broke ground. And so when I was trying to process and understand what has happened to us in the past week, my brain then just went, oh my goodness, so much has happened to us since we signed a contract on a home. If you're following with me here. So, I mean, I am. I don't know if the listeners are. Or wait, we call them the viewers now. I don't know if the viewers are. But Adam. I'm, I'm Shout out to Rachel. Yeah. Shout out to Rachel, you viewers. Um, yeah, so basically, what I'm trying to get at, or I guess what I was setting up there with that context, is there are a lot of times in life where fear of the unknown comes up. And so you just, you know, you tell yourself or the advice is like, if I plan enough, if I think hard enough, if I do this and that and like check on my boxes, there'll be no unknowns or the unknowns will be so, you know, outside of my realm of possibility that they either won't happen or they're highly unlikely to happen. But three things have popped up since we signed a contract that basically two of them if I knew that they were going to happen, I would not have signed the contract for the home. And one of them, I probably still would have signed the contract, but I didn't expect an expense this big to come up. So how do you how do you want to go? Do you want to go in chronological order or what happened this past week and then keep chronological. Keep the keep the audience informed chronologically. Okay. So March fourth, sign a contract. Uh, we thought that those ten days of us home searching were gonna be the most stressful ten days of our entire life. Um, but it wasn't uh, trying to, with a home build that far out in advance, you have the option to lock your rate, which is the you know the rate of interest you're paying on your house. So we had a super stressful, or not stressful, but a super busy 10 days trying to buy a home. Then we have an incredibly busy seven days after that trying to sort out that rate lock situation. And then once that happened, we were like, okay, everything's going to be fine. Everything will be calm. We're just going to wait for our home to be built. I get a letter in the mail that uh, from the Virginia Department of Taxation. For those who don't know, Caitlin and I lived in Roanoke, Virginia for 10 months from September of 2021 until June of 2022 and if that's not 10 months then I got one of those months wrong but we were there for 10 months and I do our taxes I did some research on the internet it was pretty complicated but I you know backed myself with my understanding of finances and my experience in the financial services industry and I learned that I was underqualified to do my taxes because I got a letter that said, you filed your taxes wrong for 2021. You owe us $1,500. And I was like, what? Always, always nice to see. Then I realized I do my taxes so early in the year because I want to get my refund because, you know, I know everything and I know I'm going to get a refund. What's going on in my head, that is. I had already submitted my 2022 
tax return, which actually, sorry, I got that backwards. That 2022, because I submitted it so early, I actually got a letter from the Virginia department saying, hey, you filed 2022 wrong. You owe us $1,500. And, you know, so then, like, I go back and forth with them. I'm on phone calls, you know, sitting on hold for, like, 30 minutes before you can even talk to a person. Then you go back and forth for a while. All those miserable phone calls when you call a state department. The people were great, just, you know, they have a high call volume and not a lot of people on the staff. So then they they finally are able to convince me. They're finally able to tell me that I'm wrong and I believe them, which, you know, talk about pride and everything that comes up there. Like, I was pretty adamant I was right for a long time until they finally convinced me. And so then once I realized I was wrong, I was like, okay, I owe them $1,500 for this year, this year I just filed for. I was like, oh no, I also filed the same way in 2021. Hmm. And so that's why I was so adamant that I was right. Cause I was like, you guys accepted this last year. Why aren't you accepting it this year? And the guy was like, yeah, we were wrong to accept it last year. You'll probably get audited if you don't make the change. And so then I went back, redid that and I owed an extra thousand dollars for 2021. So in total, talk about like your, like your, your life just being shook in the month of March, we were home searching, picked a home. I had one of the most stressful weeks of my life trying to figure out this rate lock stuff. And then shortly thereafter, someone was like, by the way, you owe the government $2,500 because you did your taxes wrong the last two years. And I was just so thrown, so stressed, like it was not okay. Honestly, I kind of want to go back and listen to some podcasts from that time to see, to just hear what I sounded like. Because I was so stressed out at the job because I felt lost and like didn't fit in yet, didn't understand my role. And then all of this was going on, plus everything that was going on with Lily. Plus, at that time, unrelated, one of our medical bills went to collections, but that ended up amounting to nothing. All of that went on in like, you know, a 30-day period. So if I had known, I very much so manage our finances in a good way for us to have a lot of margin, but also in a very, at times, unhealthy way that we have a lot of margin, like I'm less giving or less willing to spend on something that Caitlin or I want because I want this margin in our budget. So if you had told me before we closed on the house or before we went under contract on the house that I was about to have to cough up $2,500 to the Virginia Department of Taxation, would not have signed it. Like, I was like, we have to get this sorted out. We have to make sure that the budget looks good or I'm not moving forward with it. So that's number one. Any questions before I continue rambling? Well, I was just going to say um, the biggest things in life that affect a person are um, new job, new family member, death, um, money struggles, and you could also throw in there like, um, um, well, it's kind of tied to relationships, like if, if you're a romantic relationship that's added or subtracted. So, and what you were just saying, like... You have three big things. I mean, four, really. You have the baby, um, like Lily's struggles, and you have work that's new, you have financial, I'm not saying it's a struggle, but you have like financial issues, complications, and then new house. 
Um, so that's, I mean, that's a lot all at once. Makes sense. Oh yeah. It was so much. The, thankfully, the one thing I'll say before I move on to just give all of the applause to Caitlin, I was telling this tax situation to one of my coworkers and she said, man, I bet the worst part was when you had to tell your wife that you effed up your taxes. And I was like, thankfully without skipping a beat, I was like, honestly, that was the easiest part. Cause when I found out I'm also a sh- uh, like an oversharer, And so you can imagine how much I share to Caitlin, if she's the person who I share with the most. So like the fact that like, I felt just like absolute, like a weight and burden on myself when I found out that I had to redo our taxes. And the first person I told was Caitlin just to get that burden off of me. And she was like so gracious and she was like, Hey, like God's provided for us in the past. He's going to continue to provide for us. Like we have the money to pay this bill. Everything's going to be fine. And that was just super helpful in studying. So shout out to with all those other things going on in life, you know, having my faith and then having a supportive partner just made it so much looking back easier to get through. So the second one, this one's the one where it's like, eh, I probably still would have, you know, gone through in the contract of the house, but uh, it wasn't included and we had to do like a general budget where we were, when we met with our realtor, he's like, how, like do this budget to find out how much home you could afford. And this was an, a big expense that we've had since that did not show up on that budget. So context for you, I don't think you know this. For about a decade now, I've been struggling with lower back tightness and like, like at times really severe lower back pain. But just like any other struggle that any other dude in the history of ever has gone through, <laughs> it's very stereotypical to just like tough it out. Like it's not oh, real. I'm just gonna yeah, it's fine. Exactly. Like oh, like everyone else, or to justify like oh, everyone else's back is tight, or or right. especially the comparison game of um, you know like oh, there are people who like have broken their back, or there are people who have like yep. way bigger chronic issues than me. Like this is not that big of a deal. Therefore, it started off at something that wasn't a big deal. And then it got to a point where Lily was born and I couldn't like hold her. Like, you know how you hold a baby on like off to your side? Like I couldn't hold her for more than a couple minutes and I couldn't sit on the ground and play with her because for a long time, basically I would always be uncomfortable when I stand up, like I can't stand I can walk and be fine, but I can't stand for a long time. Uh, most chairs I sit in are uncomfortable, and I could never, without pain, sit on a stool, like something that didn't have back support, or like sit on the ground with my legs crossed, which, as you've already seen, like it has to happen a lot when you have a kid and you're playing with a kid. Yeah. So I was finally motivated. I talked to my primary care physician I was like, hey, what do I need to do? She recommended a few options. And I've now been seeing a doctor to help fix my back pain. And over the course of three months, I've spent $1,200 doing that. Which is, yeah, Caleb's eyes are about to pop out of his head right now. That's a lot of money. 
It's not 12,000, but it is 1,200. Um, 12,000 would be a lot. Yep. Yeah. Thankfully, like the initial consultation, I got a, I got an x-ray. That's where like a fifth of the money came from. Like the x-ray costs 250 bucks and then everything else has been seeing him regularly. Um, oh, and of course this doctor doesn't accept my insurance. So classic. <laughs> um, yeah, basically it's one of those things where I could sit here and complain for a long time about it. Uh, it is something that I have complained about to Caitlin in confidence. Like when it just has felt like, you know, why isn't our life going the way we want it to, you know, I, like, you know, something I was able to relate with her when she was really struggling taking care of Lily and, you know, I was too, but a lesser degree, I was like, I would love to not have back pain. I would have loved to have not had back pain for the last 10 years. And I would most certainly love to not have to be spending as much money as I am to remediate it because I waited so long. Um, but because of like circumstances that I can't control and decisions that I've made in the past, this is where I am now. And when I look at it big picture, yeah, I would spend $1,200 a couple times over if that means that I can like bend over, sit down and play with Lily and like, you know, help Caitlin take care of Lily in a way that relieve stress from her life so have you felt any progress in the back i have the funny thing has been that i think i told the the doctor i went to um he, he laughed about this i was like you know however all any of us sit a bunch of random different ways to be comfortable but about nobody sits with you know like our back straight up like sitting on the couch, like with great form. I told them as I was getting better, I was like, man, I can tell that I'm getting better because I can't sit comfortably the way that I used to. Like I'll go and sit down, like, you know, whatever, leaning to my side and I can feel my back starting to tighten up. I was like, you've loosened me up so much that I can feel myself getting tighter. And he was like, good, sit your ass up. I don't want you slouching. And I like, just like laughed. Um, because, uh, yeah, like it I can tell that I'm getting better now because like now I'm I have more flexibility. Like earlier today, I like dropped down to like like the catcher's position, like where you're on the balls of your feet and your like your butt is basically touching your heels, like when you're like bending down to pick up something. And I felt no pain in my knees, I felt no pain in my back when I did that, which would not have been the case three months ago. Hmm. But in the beginning crazy. It is crazy. In the beginning, it was more just like, I can tell you loosened me up and I can feel myself getting tighter versus now I can just feel myself being looser. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, I, I knew that you were going to a chiropractor or a doctor of some sort, but I didn't know the reason why other than like general need for whatever. So then... In our remaining, however many minutes, thirteen, thirteen minutes. Oh wow, you're gonna keep, you're gonna hold me to it. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna hold you to it. I would even go like seven, but all right. The problem, the, the, <laughs> the problem is number three is a big hitter. Oh, it's Let a it big rip. hitter. Dude, you you really have been uh, studying how to retain an audience because we've been teasing this one since like minute one, and we're just now getting to it. <laughs> so, the big hitter. I don't really know how to build it up. The other two I had to build up and give context, but 
this one's like right in our wheelhouse. It has to do with the job market. Um, my wife, Caitlin, has been working for a company called Fringe for over a year now. One of the many companies that Caleb tried to apply for. She loved the company, still does. But the reason I say she loved the company is because she no longer works for them. Fringe just had a round of layoffs this week that we're Another recording. round, another round hey, of layoffs. Hey, no need to throw shade. We're not bitter. Um, the Yeah, but they've had another round of layoffs and Caitlin was a part of that, which obviously, you know, when you're working for a startup and they've already had one round of layoffs, that's possible. However, it wasn't something that we expected, especially because the week before Beach Week, Caitlin had a meeting with her manager about her, you know, her Q3 objectives, like what they're going to accomplish, what they're going to try and do. And then she shows back up on the Tuesday after Beach Week, both her and her manager are let go. So I suppose her manager, you know, couldn't have given her a heads up. So yeah, that's one that added so much stress to our life. Caleb, I'll let you jump in and ask questions here, but being under contract for a house and like doing so with two incomes that are e- pretty much equal, by the way. It's not like I make a ton and Caitlin makes a little. Like We basically lost half of our income when Caitlin lost her job. And the amount of stress that I felt the morning that Caitlin called me and told me she got laid off was all centered around the house. It was calling our realtor, calling our loan officer, finding out if we were going to lose this house and if we were going to lose the the earnest deposit that we put down on it. But I'll let you ask questions rather than monologuing like I did in the first two. So stress, freaking out, crazy. Wow. I mean, that's just a big change. No one likes to see it happen. Um, I mean, honestly, if I lost my job today or like I just that's the end of the world like that's not good um especially when you think about just I mean work is good um but moreover you were using a bunch of past tense in there you know you said you were or um it just sounded like there's been some growth or progression or maybe some coming to realities so I guess I would love to dive into what um, is the question I'm trying to ask have you found a sense of peace since then and if so how did you and what things have changed so I describe the day as the most bizarrely stressful day of our entire life and I described it as that because it was bizarre how little stress I was feeling like I was feeling stress for sure like I don't want to minimize that like I was fine but like you just described losing your job as like the world ending and I did not feel that obviously we have different factors you're a a one income household and if you lost your one income that's a lot different than losing us losing half of our income but normally in the past I've either felt completely at peace about something or completely stressed out about something like the taxes I was completely stressed out about until I talked to Caitlin about it. The chiropractor thing, I was completely at peace about it because I was like, 
I am spending this money and it will add tangible value to my family. Yeah. But this one was like a weird, Caitlin told me, I got like a pit in my stomach when she told me, but then I knew what action I needed to take. I was like, okay, this probably isn't going to be that bad. Let me call my realtor. My realtor answers and it, and I got a little more stressed. Like he laid out some of the practical things that need to be done and what could happen. And I was like, oh yeah, this actually is as bad as it could be. Then in the meantime, when I called him, after I called him, I notified our loan officer and he was like, hey, we need to run the numbers. I'll get back to you. And during that time, I had a lot of moments of peace and a lot of short moments of stress. Like I was, I didn't focus on my job. I told my manager what happened and I was like, hey, I'm going to try and reset and focus. But like today might be gone for me being productive, which it was from my job's perspective. But I was thinking, I was like, if any of my coworkers ask me what's going on, what am I going to say? Because at first I was like, the response is my life just got flipped, turned upside down. Shout out to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. But I was like, it actually did it. Like, this is just the financial portion of my life. And somehow in that moment, I think the answer of somehow is the Holy Spirit, but we can leave that up for debate. But somehow in that moment, like the thing that was comforting me is that I and Caitlin were the only ones that were surprised by it and God wasn't surprised by it. And that's like pretty cliche, but like it's something to like what I've said in past episodes where it's if you think every single stage of your life and every single trial is completely different and it's going to take a completely different set of circumstances to get you out of it, then you're going to be really stressed. But if you're able to understand that a lot of your trials are similar and you realize that God has brought you and provided, brought you through and provided for you in those trials, why is he not going to be able to bring you through this one? And so that was like, I was floored. Maybe it was like going through the taxes situation and going through like all of these other situations recently where God's like clearly been providing but I was having an overwhelming sense of peace. But I will say, I was still frantically checking my phone when I was waiting for our loan <laughs> officer to call. Like, I literally was looking at my phone. Like, every couple minutes, I would, you know, that feeling where it's like phantom, like you hear your phone ringing, but it's not. That was going on all throughout the day. So it was a very weird, like, I was like at peace, and then I was so at une- uneasy, and then I was at peace, and then I was uneasy. And I've never really felt that like back and forth tension before. I'm normally all in or all out. So what, um, what, what became of the house? So, all right, here we go. Bank of America is who we are getting our loan from. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I don't know what documents I signed. It's not a shout out. Not a, not a, sorry, not a sponsor. Um, I tried, (laughs) I tried to get down with them. Oh. I tried to get a loan through Wells Fargo. After uh-huh. I got Bank of America's offer, I called them. I called our mortgage team and was like, hey, this is the offer I have. And the guy was like, dude, that's awesome. Like, we can't match that. Go for that. <laughs> so I got our company's blessing. Um, <laughs> and so the loan officer said, your debt to income ratio before Caitlin lost her job is like 24%. And we don't want that to go above 43. And as I told you, Caitlin made about half of our income. So I was like, 
oh, okay, we're going to be above 43. You know, my mind's already kind of thinking about what we're going to need to do to get the debt-to-income ratio lower. But what's crazy is before my mind could go too far down the, like, the rabbit hole of what we need to do, I was like, just be patient. I can't do anything. I cannot, like, I don't even know what's going to happen when this guy calls me back. So I'm just going to wait. And I didn't, like, start running down that rabbit hole, which is past Andy would have ran down that rabbit hole and, like, looked up, like, the, the, the millions of different options I could do. So I wait for him to call me back and he calls me back and he says, hey, your debt to income ratio is 49.07%. However, with your program, like the loan program you're using and how good your credit scores are, we are comfortable letting you have a debt to income ratio up to 50%. And dude, if I was a crying man, I would have been weeping. I would have been like dropped to my knees, weeping, what is life? What 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 do I believe anymore? What is going on? And then that feeling passed and I was like, okay, cool. So I have to buy a house that's going to put our debt to income ratio at 49.07%. Cuz one of the possibilities was, you know, in our contract, you know, we signed something that was like, hey, if something out of your out of your control happens, you have the possibility to back out and keep your money that you put down as a deposit. And so that wasn't ideal, but it was like, okay, cool. Like we don't buy a house, we get our money back and we can start looking for houses again once Caitlin gets a job. But since our loan didn't fall through, we technically can still buy the house. And at this point, us not buying it would just basically say, yeah, I don't want to spend that much money. And the problem is we contractually obligated ourselves to spend that much money. So, yeah. Yeah, that was wow. how the house, I guess it's not done yet. We still have about 31 days until we close. But as of right now, uh, our loan officer is like, yep, thanks for letting me know. But looks like we're going to be fine. Just let's keep going the course. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, I mean, just the fact that losing a job while you're trying to transition into a new house. I mean, that by itself is just, I mean, that's just terrifying for most people. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm still trying to put myself into shoes or anyone that watches this shout out to the viewers, <laughs> uh, if, if they've ever like bought a house in the midst of any trying time or even just the act of buying a house already is hard. Uh, it's not, it's not easy and there's a lot of paperwork and, um, stuff that people like us just have no clue about, especially the young people. Um, I guess once you're old, then. Well, not even that, because we've Maybe talked you know. to, you know, we've told my parents about this. We've told Caitlin's parents about this, and we pretty much hear the same thing. They're like, yeah, it's been about 20 years since I bought a house. Seems like it's a lot different than when I did it. So Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. I guess you have to be more of the investor type and just keep buying houses and flip them and whatnot to really know the process. Um, but wow, that's, yeah, that's a crazy story. I think um, we should definitely try to, when are you guys moving in? So, if we're going to date ourselves, we are recording July 28th. Our closing date is August 28th. So, it is 31 days away. Yeah. Yeah, that's super exciting. Um, I don't know. I guess we can't... I guess we shouldn't share what I would deem the fourth cool thing. 
I don't know. What are you talking about? Caitlin's potential job stuff. Oh yeah, that is a that's a teaser. Part of maybe the, we share it at the next one. We'll share it in the next one, but I'll give a a slight plug, and that small three weeks ago before Caitlin got laid off, um, she finally had a human being reach out to her with a personalized message on LinkedIn, and it stood out above all of those robotic messages that she tends to get out on LinkedIn. So. I'll leave it at that. That's a good plug for the next time. Three weeks ago, previous to the layoff, previous to the house going through, who knows what this message is and what it might lead to, but find out in the next one. Oh yeah. Peace. Well done on the hard cut.